Welcome to another episode of The Scorpio Wolf. This is your host, JC. So, in the last episode, episode 9 of the podcast, uh, we talked about the events needed for me to meet my twin flame. And all the synchronicities, all the events that happen. It's kind of like a... It's, you know, the universe putting everything together in such a way that made it possible to meet my twin flame. So I think I ended up that story, ended that story of actually meeting her, but we kind of went through the events that the universe had to, had to put into my life in order for that to happen. Um, I don't really know on her, her side, what needed to happen to be in that position from what I, what I can tell is that she was going through some hardship as well. Uh, she got let go from her, her job at, uh, like a, I think she was let go from a, a job at a waitress job from, you know, one of those other scantily clad places. Uh, I'm just gonna, it's like a Hooters type place. So like, if you know Hooters, then, you know, that's the type of places kind of she worked at. So now she's working at the strip club at the gentleman's club. And so it kind of, she had to lose that job in order to be in this job. You know, things had to happen for us to finally meet each other. And so, you know, that night when she finally became my waitress and she finally started talking, sitting down and talking to me, I kind of noticed like a lot of synchronicities. I don't, I really didn't know what a twin flame was at the time, but there was a strong magnetic connection to her, a very strong connection that kind of, it, it throws your life off the rails. You, you, it's the mirror of your soul. When you're meeting the mirror of your soul, you know, soulmates come and go, but when you meet the mirror of the soul, the yin and the yang, it feels like, you know, it feels like, like weaving in and out of your comfort zone in and in your comfort zone, out your comfort zone, in your comfort zone, out your comfort zone. That's what it kind of feels like. And you had to, everything had to happen the way it had to in order for us to meet. And it's kind of, it's kind of ironic because I did have a waitress. I did have a waitress that I would go to. And that waitress, all of a sudden, after she stepped in, she was, she hardly ever working anymore and she disappeared. I mean, she, she did, she ended up being a dancer at the club, but she really didn't do any more waitressing, waitressing after that. It's kind of like it paved the way for the meeting to continue on to, you know, on a weekly basis when I go, I would try to do it, just try to go like once a week. Uh, every time I was up there, so I'd go once in a week, and then it, you know, once it got a little expensive, I kind of started going every two weeks. But I would always have my twin flame be my waitress, and she would, she would not, she would do things that normally, normally most waitresses would get in trouble for. Um, when talking to me, she would sit down with me, she would have conversations with me, deep, deep conversations. This is not like the hi, how's the weather, blah, how's the, how's, you know, how's your, where you live, how's the weather where you live anything new happening. It wasn't like that. It was more deeper conversations. It was more, there was more of a connection between us and I could start to see kind of the similarity. Like it kind of, it's a mirror image of yourself, you know, like if you were like to think of it, like, think about it, like, like, um, what if I was in that situation? How would I react to it? So you kind of start to have that, that instant connection with that person. That's the, the time it was, it's very intense. You know, it, at first it was just platonic. It was, it was a very platonic relationship. You know, sitting down, getting to know each other, having deep conversations. Not the, you know, not the very 
off the wall kind of thing. And so as that developed, as the time went on, you know, she talked talked about her kid and, you know, how she became to become a mother at such, at such a young age. I was, I would like to say I was about 35 years old when I met her and she was about 26. So she had, she had a kid at 20, you know, 23 or 22 and you know, you know, she talked about him. I talked about my kids. Uh, we talked about different things that happened in our lives. You know, things that got us to that point. We started talking about that. And, you know, I believe on one, I think during Christmas one year, I bought bought her son a... She told me her son loved this movie, so I went and bought her uh, bought her son something from that movie. Um, uh, right before, I think it was right before Christmas, because it was right before Christmas break, so... Um, I gave him, gave her the thing at, at work and told her, here, here's your son, wrap it up. It was, you know, wrap it up, give it to him, say it's from Santa Claus or whatever. So, but, you know, I know what a lot of you guys were thinking. Well, she, you know, and I, and I, I get it. I've, I've heard everybody tell me, everybody think, tell, tells me I'm crazy. Everybody tells me this, tells me that, but, you know, she is not, she wasn't a person I would ever ever, ever, ever considered more than just a friend. Would never consider that. So for me to, you know, leave my comfort zone of who I, my ideal person was, you know, my ideal person was very educated, very, you know, would get, went to college, went to, you know, earn, you know, had a professional job, um, looked a certain way, um, dressed a certain way, worked at a very respectable establishment. You know, that was my typical, you know, and it was very family-oriented. So that was my, 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 my standards. And when I met her, she, she like, did not check any of those boxes at all. I mean, she was, you know, she kind of really, what she, what she pretty much told me is that I was, uh, well, let's not let's get into that, but let's, let's just continue on, on, on the thing. So she wasn't my type. She wasn't the type of person I would date. Cause first of all, I, you know, I told myself I would never date anybody, you know, that works at a Gemini's club. Never, never, never. Not even a waitress, not even a, you know, a stripper, a dancer, whatever you want to call them. Entertainment, uh, exotic entertainers. It was just for there. I was just for there for drinks and the people watching. That's really why I went to the to the to the gentleman's club for the people watching, and for the drinks for two dollar drinks. So that's kind of how like everything came out out from that. But I would go there and talk to her, and she would sit down like 10, 15 minutes at a time. Go to work, you do her rounds, come back because I would go during the week, so it wasn't very crowded during the week, so. I mean, she had time to sit down and talk and she was and like, there's a lot of people there and she has a lot of regulars all the time, but she would just sit and talk to me. And I was like, well, you can do your rounds. Like, no, I'm good. I, I, they can wait. Kind of telling me like my, my importance was being there with her was more important than anybody else. So that's kind of like that magnetism that drawing me to her. <clears throat> and you know, just thinking back on it, there was very intense emotions, you know, emotions I can just never describe. 
And those emotions would end up being my downfall in the separate, first separation with her. Because, you know, it's stuff that I've never really had to deal with before. I've never had to deal with jealousy. I've never had to deal with possessiveness. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to, you know, I, it's, I think it's mostly jealousy and ego because, you know, I had a well, well-paying job. I had a very well-paying job. You know, all the, all the synchronicity, all the stuff that happened to get me to that position had to happen. I wasn't a well-paying job, you know, and the ego is like, well, I shouldn't be seen with this person or I shouldn't be, you know, that, this or that with that person. And that kind of played a role in the downfall of our first meeting or like our first union with each other. Uh, nothing happened. It's all platonic. Um, so even that being said, we never thought about it anything other than to be a platonic. I was, I was not even thinking thinking about it platonic. I was just feeling this strong connection, trying to figure it out. At the time, I didn't know what was going on. You know, meeting a person can flip your world upside down. You know, it put me, I used to go in here with like my walls up and my walls would always be up, always, always, always be up. And then in that, in that moment and instance, it, they just came down. You know, it's like, it felt home. It felt like home. A lot of people are going to tell you that if it feels like home when you first meet your twin flame, it felt like home. And that's one of the things that kind of, that magnetic draw, that it felt like home and being home, even though it wasn't my home. My home was like in a different city. Um, this was a new, brand new city, or it's a new city nearby that was three hours away that I just couldn't, I couldn't ever think of home, but she made it feel like home. That's what, that's, that's the main thing. Just for her being there made it feel like home. It's, it's what it was, it was what encouraged me, what drove me to do good at work, to continue doing good at work, you know, it drove me to better myself in order to keep coming up there and keep coming to see her. So as the weeks went by, you know, Christmas rolled around, um, you know, it just, the jealousy starts playing around, the jealousy and the ego and thinking that she's, she's yours or kind of thing starts playing into my mind. Um, <clears throat> and so like, she has a job to do. I mean, her job is to be friendly to all the customers. So, you know, that, and that's never bothered me before. It's never, never bothered, bothered me before. You know, people being flirty, my friends being flirty. But for some reason, her being flirty with other guys was just like, what do I do? You know, it's like, it's like we're not dating or anything. Why, why am I getting all upset about this? But it was really intense emotions, very, very intense emotions. And, you know, um, we were doing, we were texting each other. We're, you know, doing all this stuff. Normal, you know, people do. We eventually it went from only being meeting at the, at the, at the gentleman's club to going out for lunch, to having a lunch at, you know, down in downtown, the square, uh, having lunch, you know, places that I've never been to, you know, places that she's invited me to that I would drive out to go to see. And they were, they were nice. They were nice, you know, getaways from work and, and everything, the everyday hustle and bustle of, you know, the weekday and the workday. So it was nice getting out and about in the, in the, in the DFW area, uh, DFW since I'm from Houston. So I was like, okay, well, you know, 
that's good. I can I can deal with that. I can deal with the DFWs, bring me out of my shell, getting to see new places. You know, she recommended things. I would, you know, we then started, you know, after a while we started, like, it's hard to describe it, you know, because at the time I didn't know what was going on. But we just, we ended up starting, like, to um, finish each other's sentences. Like, really connected, connected at a, at a, at a mind level. You know, I, was, I would know, she, she would know right at the moment when something was not right. And she would ask about it. And the same thing for me to her. We, I, if she did something didn't feel right, I'd ask about it. Uh, and, I mean, she brought her son with a couple, on the couple lunch dates. Or I wouldn't call them lunch days, but lunch appointments or lunch hangouts. Um, and one of the shocking things that like she would she told me, and this is kind of kind of weird because I just thought I, I'm so used to having kid, young children around me, is that her son would sit next to me, would or sat next to me, and she would say, "Well, my kid, you know, my he's never done that. He's never. He's always like, don't come on, sit on my." Come sit over here. No, look. Come sit over here with me. And he goes, No, I'll sit. I'm I'm fine over here, sitting with, you know, sitting with me, sitting with me. So she, he'd rather sit next to me than sit with next to her, which is like, and he's like, she's like, well, that you know, that's never happens. Like, um, she, he always sits next to me. He doesn't really take fondly to strangers, and he's like just, you know, talking, 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 playing. Playing, uh, we were playing. I think at the time, it was Pokemon Go was the main thing. So, I mean, we just talked, talk, and talk, and and he would just continue to do that. And you know, it was kind of weird too because it wasn't my my child, but it felt it felt like a close relationship that he had trust in me and all that stuff, and and so I just you know I just went along with it and. And, I don't know, it's like, it was, it was just that connection, that connection was so intense, and then, like I was saying, the ego, and seeing her flirting with all these guys, it just, at to the point, you know, over, you know, over time of going to the clubs to see her, and, you know, going out to lunch with her, I just, it just built this, like, possessive energy, like, very, I became very possessive of her. Like, I wanted all her time. I wanted, you know, all this and that. But she was just a friend. So how can I even go to that route when she's just a friend? So, you know, fast forward a couple months. You know, that it finally hit the thing. And, you know, her, her text messages were not, were not responsive, responsive. And I was like, you know, I was like overthinking things and, you know, she worked night. She was working nights. She would work till two a.m. three, and then she wouldn't get home till like maybe two, three o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I'll be, I'll be texting her during the mornings when she's properly sleeping, and I would get upset, and I would get upset that she wasn't responding back to me, and you know, just a normal guy thing, you know, like, one like guys trying to be in a romantic relationship with you, and it's like. The jealousy just kind of goes in. It's like, what is she? She's she's with someone else. She's with doing this. She, you know, deserves her. Mind you, we we do have a nine age, nine year, almost nine year age difference. So in my mind, it's like, well, you know, I'm too old. 
it starts, you know, it starts putting insecurities in you. That whole relationship, that whole dynamic, it builds a lot of insecurities in you. I'm not good enough kind of thing. And I'll get to the other side. I mean, it's, it's, it's happened on her side, too. But on my side, because I was older, I was, you know, not as young. Um, not from her world kind of thing. I just kind of felt left out. And then eventually it kind of it got to me where I was like, you know what? I don't think we can be friends anymore. We can't be friends anymore. It's just it's not it's not working. You know, she kind of knew something was up before it even happened. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's not it's not going to work out. And she was like, why? We're just friends. Like, what's going on? It's like, I just couldn't explain it to her. I just couldn't at the time explain her to her why I didn't feel the need to be her friend or why. I think it's just the jealousy. The jealousy really got to me. The jealousy really got to me. And that's why I was kind of not in the right state of mind when I did what I did and and caused the separation between us. I just was like, I can't, I can't, you know. But without giving her explanation. So she kind of, I kind of feel like, and you can leave it in the comments section if you've, you've gotten this far in the video and uh, in this, in this uh, podcast. And if you're, if you're a woman kind of, when somebody just kind of says it's over, you know, it's, your friendship's over, what do you, what, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do y'all think is going on? Well, it's the insecurities. To me, it was insecurities, ego, you know, not having, it's kind of, I'm going to put this out there because we, we talked about how Scorpios have to love to be in control. Um, um, so the, the meaning of the, we want this kind of situation where you don't understand, fully understand what's going on. You have to in and out to in your comfort zone, out of your comfort zone. There's no control in that. And to me being a Scorpio, that is like a big, big red flag. It just, it does, we don't feel comfortable in that kind of state. We like, we're a fixed sign. So we like to have things happen in a certain way, in a certain order. And this whole dynamic, this whole twin flame dynamic that I didn't know anything about at the time was what it was, you know? Um, so, So just a couple of things that I kind of want to like lay out for the first meeting. Um, you know, you both have the desire as twin flames to tell yourself each other everything, your hopes, your dreams, your ambition, your goals, your secrets, your fears. You're very open book with them. You know, she told me her dreams, her ambitions, her goals, her secrets and her fears. Like one of the things that she had told me is that she didn't feel she was ever going to get married. That she was never going to find someone to settle down with. Um, and, you know, that's one of her fears. That she was going to die alone. That was one of her biggest fears. But she, was, she wasn't at... She was said, I'm not at the point. I'm not going to marry anybody. Um, she was in that mentality that she wasn't going to find anybody to marry. Or she was not going to be... She was too much to handle to be married to somebody. That someone would put up with her. So... Those are the kind of things that she would tell me, and as we go through more of this, more of what's happened between me and her later on in the podcast, um, we talk. I'll talk about how that started gradually changing over time. That the way of thinking, our my way of thinking, her way of thinking, you know, that kind of just started gradually moving towards a different direction. So, 
Yes. So back to back to what we were talking about. You know. You know, there's something that I felt missing in my life, and it was finally being filled. But at the same time, not being in very with those intense emotions, intense feelings, not knowing if you're going to be able to have that going forward. That's that was the main thing. Do, will I have this going forward? Will I continue to have this going forward? You know, I was traveling up for up for work weekly, so it wasn't a guaranteed thing that I'd be working every every week and go up and up to the DFW area from Houston. So that was one thing. You know, those those kind of doubts started hating my. You know, all that stuff started hating me, and it's the ego. It's the ego. It's like I can't control anything. I can't. I'm insecure about myself. I, you know, I'm not in the best shape of my life. I'm not in, you know, anything. It's like, what is, what is this connection with her? A lot of questions just start coming out. What is this connection with her? Why am I so, so drawn to her like a magnet? Why is, why do I, why can I read her? Why can she read me so perfectly? You know, all those different things. Because I'm not, you know, I'm a Scorpio. I don't show my emotions very much. But she can read it. That's the thing. She can read my emotions and my thoughts and and throw stuff out there it's like and you know when i go into i would go into blank dazes sometimes and she would kind of pick up what i was daydreaming about now those kind of things are like very you know very telepathic so you start to see the telepathy telepathy and you start to see the attraction the and then now you got to you got your dark nights of the soul you're your jealousy, your emotions, your ego start to get into the in the fray, causing the separation. Now, mind you, there's nothing romantic about this right now. It's just a platonic friendship, but there's a possessiveness of that platonic relationship. There's very possessive, there, and that's not something that I was prepared for. So, I would say it lasted about a year and a half, and then we went our separate ways. And um. And I'll talk about, you know, the, the separation, that first separation of what happens and what, 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 what happened during that separation and, and the things I did be, during separation. Cause I know a lot of people out there have gone through similar, similar things as I have, you know, you first meet them, you're all into them. Like mine was more subtle and it was intense, but at a controlled intense. I, I've seen people out there that you know and you can tell your story here You're, this, this is a, this is a welcoming podcast if you want to tell your story of how you met your twin flame send it in so then we'll put, put we'll put a title on it saying you know so and so story we'll play it out as an episode and you kind of tell me how you know how stuff happened how y'all met what's what kind of worked in what kind of came into stuff so one of the other things i wanted to mention before you know i finish this is that once you meet your twin flames, you're going to start to see numbers, like 1111. You're going to start to see them more often. I didn't know why I was seeing them at the time. I just know I was seeing them. And I'm going to talk about going into the next next segment or the next episode. I'll go into that separation phase between her and me. And what happened between that, that st- those stages where I'll introduce, you know, what online dating and stuff because I start well it's on, mostly on the I like to say online dating but it's actually meeting people from off that you don't know from the internet so 
and the dangers that kind of you know, that could have been. So I'll talk about that and how things ended up happening with that. But at the same time, um, you know, I just want to thank you for all everybody for listening to my story, for being supportive. I've seen a lot of people come in and viewed. I haven't seen any comments yet that are any kind of voicemail at least. I'm kind of waiting for that because I kind of want to do, I really want to make it a show about us, about the Twin Flame community, about everything that we're going through. I know this, it's very hard and very intense. I understand that. Um, I'm 10 years going on it, but I feel, you know, that's, it's going to, it's going to work out in the end. Um, once you, the first meeting is always the most intense. When you first meet the Twin Flame, that's the most intense meeting that you can possibly have. It, it makes you question everything. Question your soul, question your purpose, question what is it that you want in life. You know, it questions every everything is questioned at that point. And they're and they're meant and it's meant to happen because you're meant to end up meeting up with them again. And I'll pretty much tell you the other couple meetings that we've had. Because it ends up being um it's very intense. I'm going to tell you, it's a very intense meeting, especially when it turns from a platonic relationship to more romantic. And things start to happen and start to unravel a lot faster, and a lot of the crazy stuff happens. Um, but I'll leave you guys at that. I'll leave you guys with that note. Um, thank you again for listening. Uh, like I said, send in your readings. Send in your, uh, your feedback on this channel. Uh, or I'm not this channel, but this podcast. Send your feedback on it. Uh, I'd like to read the comments. I would like to love to hear the stories that you guys have to say, to, to tell. You know, if you, if you want to do a recording of your a story, then I'll, you know, just do it. Just do the best in telling it like I did. And and we'll put it on there, if you with your permission, put it out, out there and put it into the into the, one of the episodes. But I'm going to call this, you know, episode. Um, I don't really know the, the title for this episode. If you... Guys, want to leave me a title for it? I think it's just I'm just gonna call it the first one for me, and stuff that went on or something, something like that. But it'll be something, some something simple. Um, like I said, you do start to see the numerical numerical synchronicities: 11, 11, 10, 10, 12, 12. You know, those are messages about your you're about to find your twin flame. So those those numbers started coming up. Um, once you meet your twin flame, you'll start to see numbers of their, like the birthdays, your birthdays, like com commingled, which is kind of, it's kind of weird. And then you'll see other stuff happen. So <clears throat> again, thank you for joining me. Uh, this was a great journey. Um, thank you for all, everybody's watched the first, I know this has gone on like almost 30 minutes. I don't want to cut it short here, but, um, again, thank you for joining me. Have a great day. Great week. I'll try to send down another recording within the week. I'll try not to let it go past a, a week again. So thank you for joining me. You'll have a great day, great day, great time. Send in your comments. Oh, oh, one last thing. Um, so if you have me on Spotify, there is ways to donate to the podcast. It's a monthly donation. Just have to just there's a button on the profile on in Spotify that says donate to the user. It's a it's a monthly a monthly donation. Don't you don't have to you know do it on a monthly basis. You can just send in whatever first donation you want to do, and then stop. Stop. Don't repeat it after that. But it's just a way like to keep supporting the channel and kind of uh, help me help me with put more content out there. 
So thank you again for joining me and y'all have a great week.